0: Hello, Vicky. Shall we record this?
1: Hello, Alessandro. Yes, I am ready. EdTech Voice Notes, the podcast of the
0: EdTech Summit. Whenever I think about EdTech, it has to fit in with the school development plan and purposefully in terms of teaching and learning. Otherwise, forget it.
1: It's worth making sure that you've put a strategy in place that works for every school at a level that maybe by themselves they couldn't afford. We've now got millions and millions of children's records sitting with commercial companies. Do you know exactly how they get used? Technology has a role to play in tackling
0: social mobility where it supports great teaching. If we're not able to upskill, retrain and reskill our people in the face of automation, then we do seriously have a problem. Welcome to the EdTech Voice Notes, the podcast of the EdTech Summit. For each episode, we will interview leaders and experts on edtech and digital strategies across the education sector. The main question we'll try to answer each week is, how can we bridge the gap between education and technology? Let's start with the first episode. Vicky, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Hi, everyone. My name is uh, Vicky Lugier. I'm national head of edtech and digital skills at the Education and Training Foundation. What is ETF? Well, we are uh, grant-funded and sector-owned and we are the national support body for the further education and training sector and our mission is to support teachers, trainers, leaders, governors and employers in helping them in delivering excellent education and training services.
0: I would say that at this point in time, the work you do with the Training and Education Foundation is uh even more important for the community. Would you like to tell us more about the projects you are currently working on?
1: Yes, I am currently working on four main projects in England. The first one is the EdTech programme on the Enhanced Digital Teaching Platform. Uh, The Enhanced Digital Teaching Platform is the professional interface for educators and hosts 100 microlearning modules, which are mapped on the digital teaching professional framework. And we are currently developing an additional 50 uh, microlearning modules. 10 have been launched last week and 40 will be launched by uh, January 21. Last week we also released a CPD guide for educators to give them a way to find how best to approach the material that we have uh, made available on the EdTech programme, as well as a 60 minutes EdTech uh, teacher starter guide. We are currently also working on our accessibility statement which should be released by the end of the week. Essential Digital Skills uh, programme also hosted on the Enhanced EdTech platform. We are working on a series of webinars to support teachers in delivering the new Essential Digital Skills entitlement to adults with no or low digital skills. We've integrated the Essential Digital Skills program to the management dashboard on the Enhanced platform so that it can support organizations in accelerating their digital learning strategies. And finally, across the platform, both the EdTech and the EDS program, we are really focusing on fostering communities of practice. I'm also very much involved with colleagues at ETF on the T-Levels Development Programmes year two. So I'm leading the Digital Route Programmes, which has four courses. I'm also contributing to the Strategic Leader Programme, the New to Teaching and the Construction Programmes. Finally, I am working in collaboration with DfE, GISC, the Association of Colleges, on the College Collaboration Fund, or CCF, projects, which are a national series of projects.
0: I'm aware that you were delivering your work online even before lockdown and this pandemic happened. But I believe that now more than ever, teachers will benefit from having access to these resources and they will value even more the work of the Education and Training Foundation. Speaking from our uh, direct experience, how has a uh, lockdown affected your work?
1: Well, the lockdown has been has been quite um, overwhelming, to say the least. Um, overwhelming in a, in a range of ways. First of all, obviously, we moved into a, a coordination of crisis management activities, and we released the first of a series of webinars on accessibility and inclusion on March 20th, so very soon after the start of the lockdown. And uh, our enhanced writing team, Bob Powell and Jeff Rebeck, also developed a guide to remote working to support the sector uh, educators in delivering remote teaching and learning. The full lockdown has been really intensive uh, with a heavy and demanding workload to support the sector. But at the same time, I am said it was overwhelming because it was just remarkable how the sector came together and how collaborative everyone was. So uh, we also work collaboratively with the Association of Colleges, GISC, UFI, and DFE to coordinate and join up our activities. And within GTF, we launched Uh, The hashtag ETF supports FE in order to be responsive to the needs of the sector.
0: I agree with you. Um, During these uncertain times, definitely teachers have done their best to support all learners across the education sector. Um, So definitely something that we need to commend them for. Um, In your opinion, Uh, What will be the consequences for colleges in on the short and medium long term of uh, this lockdown?
1: It is clear that lockdown triggered change and it is important for the further education sector to really build from the momentum. Colleges and of course um, GFE sector should now have realized that digital capability and harnessing new technologies is no longer a good to have but a must to have in the short term it's important for us to really strengthen the digital capability support framework within uh, our organizations but also uh, look at the long term in terms of investing in strategic skills and a strategic development plan that gives a clear vision and roadmap for the organization so that it is fully joined up with the teaching, learning and assessment strategy. And this includes, of course, professional development of teachers, trainers, as well as a support staff within the organization. Now we conducted in 2018 a barriers and enablers uh, research project looking at the barriers to embedding new technologies within the education sector and the further education sector uh, essentially and one of the clear the main barriers we identified was the lack of vision from our senior management teams and the need to support the senior management team with uh, their adoption of new technologies and building their own digital capabilities.
0: Do you think that in the past few months there's been a shift in the attitude towards ad tech?
1: Yes, definitely. During the COVID-19 lockdown, the enhanced platform has witnessed a surge in usage with educators, and not only from GFE sector, but educators from different education sectors. And they are all eager to really explore new ways of teaching and supporting their learners remotely. So um, I don't know if you're familiar with Sherrington, but he wrote a blog. recently um, which was about the balance between curriculum and pedagogy and now uh, there is really a third essential consideration which is technology as a tool to communicate collaborate and make knowledge and skills a stick
0: why should training specifically on digital skills be a priority for educators and uh, actually everyone working in education
1: To respond to your question, Alessandra, I think it's first of all important to define what digital skills are. So in my mind, I can organize them in three groups. First of all, they are uh, the essential digital skills that we all need for life and work. And then I would say that as educators, uh, we also need uh, the edtech skills, which are Uh, the digital skills uh, that will enhance teaching, learning, and assessment. So they are really how do we use new technologies to redefine our pedagogic approaches. And then uh, as a third group, I would uh, would say we have uh, industry-related digital skills, which are effectively the dual professionalism that teachers in the further education sector are dealing with. So it's obviously she expertise in teaching, learning and assessment, but also she industry sector uh, digital skills and those are changing fast. The world of work really is changing and no industry sector can avoid technology's transformative impact and not least education. And therefore, um, I would say that our remit as educators is to inspire growth and prepare independent thinkers ready for the world of work. So our remit is to help learners build understanding using real world tools to do real world work in the real world way. Now, if the real world is moving, then so should the education sector.
0: You are also one of the members of the EdTech Summit Steering Committee, um, providing us guidance in shaping the agenda for the show. How's the experience been so far?
1: It was a really stimulating and constructive experience, uh, Alessandro. And uh, it was great to exchange ideas with fellow committee members, it meant that we were able to reflect on tech and digital capabilities from a different range of perspectives and that's really important, so that we were able to shape the agenda uh, for the show with um, perhaps um, a more holistic coverage of education in the UK, not only in terms of sector representation, but also in terms of roles and stakeholders groups, and how these can collaborate to accelerate digital learning within an organization.
0: The show will focus on digital strategies and. Uh... In your opinion, what's the importance of a fully realized digital strategy for any educational organization?
1: Well, I think that very few uh, further education organizations have designed an effective uh, EdTech strategy. And one of the issues that many FE providers face today is that their governing bodies are not ready to challenge them. And then to support and encourage their digital transformation. Yet, the benefit of fully harnessing new technologies are gigantic for any organisation. Uh, to name a few, it means that your organisation is going to become far more agile, more efficient in its uh, resource management. It's going to help Uh, the organization streamline its processes avoiding duplication of tasks reducing teachers workload through automation it's going to enable a better understanding of up-to-date data through centralization of data integration of uh, systems and uh, for instance reviewing live data and identifying students at risk at a very, very early stage through the effective data processing and, most importantly, analysis. It's also going to promote uh, more effective marketing and communications, with uh, f- broadening access to new markets and building more effective partnership opportunities. It's going to empower staff and uh, enhance the learning experience through personalization, differentiation engagement and safeguarding of course and also very importantly as i mentioned before building learners employability skills and work experience finally it's about building a learning and growth mindset culture within the organization Uh, across all the different strata of the organization. So more than ever, education institutions must rethink how they operate. The digital revolution is impacting every industry in new ways of engaging, interacting and operating. And the development of competent learners in the digital age is key to the future.
0: I do have uh, one final question. What is the key to bridging the gap between education and technology, Vicky?
1: This is a tough question, Alessandro. Well, I suppose to make a digital transformation happen, it's really important to have a complete alignment from the board, meaning the governing bodies through the executive team and through the whole organization. It is about integrating systems and processes so that they talk to one another and they are streamlined, as well as empowering staff by investing in their digital capability development and also investing in the digital capability development of the learners. Leading in the digital age is really about understanding how to take advantage of the opportunities brought by digital innovation and uh, it's also managing the consequences of digital meaning cyber securities and prevent and and safeguarding and all those things we are training students to become career surfers who will ride the digital wave and embrace the digital disruption with multitudes of jobs and a portfolio of careers. Because it's no longer one job for life. We will change careers and jobs constantly. We don't know what the future looks like. So the one thing I would encourage any education institution to do is to build on a culture of growth mindset and lifelong learning while making sure but the processes within the organisation support the delivery of the ethos.
0: That was a tough question, but yours was a great answer. So thank you for your time and for answering my questions, Vicky.
1: Welcome, Alessandro. And thank you again for uh, inviting me to take part in the steering committee and uh, putting together uh, the agenda for the EdTech Summit uh, show in November and also inviting me for this podcast.
0: Just a reminder to our listeners before we go, the EdTech Summit will take place on 18th and 19th of November, 2020. The full agenda of the show is live on edtechsummit.co.uk. Registration to attend the show is open and free. I'm Alessandro, content lead of the EdTech Summit. Until next time.
1: Goodbye.